This is episode 52 of the Inspired Energy podcast, and in this episode, I'm catching up with Dave McEwen, a leadership expert based in California, who I got to meet a few months ago when he invited Becky Hammond and myself on his podcast, Lead Like You Give a Damn. And he reached out to us because Becky and I had just launched our Leaders Who Give a Damn program, and obviously there's an alignment there in the names, but more than that, an alignment in an approach around leadership and getting back to the core and the heart of getting very much people focused uh, from a leadership perspective. Now, in this conversation with Dave, we talked about his book that he recently launched at the start of 2020, The Self-Evolved Leader. And in this conversation, he guides us through his process of writing the book in quite a short amount of time, but also some of his key leadership lessons and learnings, including the cycle of mediocrity, which I absolutely loved, Um, collectively share goals and how you get those um, at the core of your leadership approach and how to implement a change in perception. I read The Self-Evolved Leader before the conversation with Dave, and I think it's absolutely a fantastic book. Whether you're a new leader looking to understand leadership approaches, a leader who is looking to improve their leadership skills, or just someone that just wants to understand um, at heart of what it is to be a leader, uh, to get back really to the focus on the people side of leadership. Um, I could have talked today for ages. I feel like we're very aligned in our approach and I hope you get as much out of this conversation as I did. So here we go with episode 52 with Dave McEwen. Good morning. Welcome to the podcast. Looking forward to chatting to you about the self-evolved leader. How are you? I am uh, just wonderful, Murray. Thank you so much for having me back on. It's uh, great to talk to you again. Yeah, I loved our chat we had last time on your podcast, uh, which is all about giving a damn in your leadership. Um, How's life in SoCal? Uh, Life over here is wonderful. We're in winter, which means that sometimes I have to put a sweater on. But other than that, I can't really complain. Well, I, I am looking forward to chatting to you, not just about this book, but you have the, the gorgeous, amazing accent. So I could listen to you talk for the next four hours, mate. <laughs> well, I mean, likewise, you know, there's, I think, that, you know, foreign accents are always um, um, more amusing to somebody that doesn't come from that place. So your wonderful dulcet tones are, are, are equally listenable to. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you are like me. I don't go back and listen to the podcast too much because... I'd much rather listen to your voice than mine. Um, but no, I actually want to just just want to understand a little bit about your background and share that with people. Um, sure. Give me the, the high level, your journey to this point um, from a business and leadership perspective. Sure, happy to share that. So I'm originally from Northern Ireland, as I'm sure you and your listeners are, are picking up. Um, and I started my career many moons ago back in the UK working for Accenture IT consultancy company, which is a big global company. And um, during my time there, I, I realized that it was not necessarily those leaders who were functionally good at their job that had the greatest impact on the team that they were leading, but that in fact, they had something else. They had this ability to set a really um, uh, cool vision of where they wanted to go and, and then bring people along with them. And it, it sort of set about for me a, a lifelong desire, get a deep to be an excellent leader and then ultimately help other people develop and skill set to get there. 
And um, so I moved to the States uh, about 10 years ago and, and joined the family business, a company called Predictable Success, uh, organizational growth um, consultancy company, and, and focused on, on helping senior leadership teams once the create creativity and innovation that you need to grow up with the processes that you need to scale it and um, just a, a really good immersion in what effect an excellent leadership like. Um, I worked there for years with a nice little size and then I stepped away from that a couple of years ago because I realized was work that we were doing with um, the most senior leaders, I wanted to, to be able to do that at, at any level um, because I feel there are a number of, of leaders out there who are, who are just um, crying out for um, road I'm a more effector and, and so over the last number of years I've dedicated kind of my professional life to making that happen and um, I guess the outpour of pouring of all of that past experience is the self-evolved leader. Now we spoke a bit before about this book and um, I've read the book, I've had a, a deep dive into it and um, I, I, I think I told you I'm a little bit jealous and a little bit inspired. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's always good to hear one of your peers that you are tell you that. <laughs> well, the jealousy comes from the fact that you have, have invested the time and energy to put into this book. And I've had um, uh, a vision of writing a book for some time, haven't got around to it, but certainly uh, it's something which you've inspired me to really do again. And even more so when I read what you've put into this book, um, your lessons, your experiences, your understanding around leadership. Mate, it's fantastic. I love the way that you've put it together and you build as you go through the book to help people understand what being a self-evolved leader means. And Thanks. the other part is I think it's relevant whether you're a, right. a new leader, a leader that's um, you know, struggling, a leader that's actually doing quite well that wants to do better. So it's applicable for leaders of um, all stages of that development. Yeah, and that was really my goal. You know, it's funny you pick up most leadership books and they say this is this book is for leaders at any level. And and actually, in most cases, that isn't true. Just because it's kind of hard to to write something that's that's applicable for such a broad audience. But it was one of the kind of core principles that I started out with. I really wanted to make it to be as accessible as possible for as wide a range of of, of a group as possible. And I, I just also wanted it to have. Um, you know, a balance between some interesting new ideas and philosophies on leadership that I think that, that we need to adopt in our workplaces, but then also the practicality of it, where somebody can walk away and literally uh, begin to implement some of the lessons, right? And I, I kept thinking that somewhere between the poignant and the practical lies progress. And, and that was what I instilled in the book as I wrote it. How would you describe the process of writing a book? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it's funny. So I, I give myself a, um, a, a deadline to do it a really tight turnaround time because I knew that no matter how long I give myself, I would just, I would just fill that time. So I actually gave myself three months to write it. Um, and actually that boiled down to two months because in the middle month I, I got married. And so most of my time was kind of dedicated to, to making all of that happen. So I wrote the first half in a month, uh, took a break and uh, got married and then wrote the second half. And the 
there was just, I think there was something putting those constraints around me that meant that I had to listen. This is going to sound a, a little bit more mean it to, but I really just had to listen to what the voice inside me was saying and get it out on paper, overthink what I mean. And, and somehow in just this magical way of all came together and, and, and stuck. Um, and, and I look at it now and I'm like, if I sat down to write that again now, I don't think I would do as good a job. It just sort of beautifully came together. Yeah, I can imagine those moments. And I've had those where I'm writing a blog or I'm putting together some information for a client. And it, in a way, it even feels like you're channeling just that information just is coming mm. through and flowing out. And I can sense that in um, your writing in this book. Um, it's just, again, I, I think it's fantastic. Now, I've got to ask, where did the name come from? Um, so the, the name came sort of belief over the last couple of years of, of well, a belief and observation all uh, rolled into one, which is that across the world, we spend billions of dollars every year in an attempt to develop our leaders. So whether it's workshops or keynotes or webinars or podcasts or books, and, and there's a lot of great stuff out there. Uh, and I think that our organizations hope that their people will avail of it. But the reality is that those leaders who truly move into excellence and, and high degrees of effectiveness recognize and understand that they are responsible and quite frankly, only them are responsible for their own growth and maturity and development. And so starting from this perspective of wanting to I am developing as a leader legacy that I'm building and the impact that I'm having on my, on my people. Um, and, and for me, that really is the crux of self evolution because it's not happening to you. You're driving it. You're, you're the engine of growth. making it happen? Um, so that, that was how I, I, I kind of came around with that idea. So, um, and I, again, when I had a look through the book and those levels of um, development as a self-evolved leader from some of those foundations through to um, really sustaining that self-evolved leadership, I was actually thinking about um, one of the models that really connected with me. And um, I've seen it so many times in leaders, unfortunately, that I've worked with, and I'm sure myself actually, and that's probably why it rang true to me when I've slipped into it as well. Um, far from perfect as a leader myself, that's for sure. And with leaders I work with now, I often see, and this is the cycle of mediocrity. Mm -hmm. um, just want to tell us a bit about that because I, I think that that was such a great way for people to start to think about in the book when they read that, what it means for them and how that's showing up. Right. And it's a pattern that I see um, happen all the time, uh, which is that in today's day and age, because we've given anybody the ability to interrupt us in any time, it, in any way and in, in a way in which they deem appropriate we've essentially made everything in front of us urgent everything needs to get attended to right away um and and we don't spend enough time thinking about the truly important long-term direction of our team and development of our people when we're walking around with a mindset that everything's urgent it means that everything becomes some sort of an emergency or crisis that needs to get dealt with and for a lot of leaders the fastest most effective response to that is well i'll just fix it so it comes with a so your team uh, member comes with a problem and you say, tell or you say, I'll just handle that for you. Just leave it there. I'll, 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 I'll fix it. 
and what happens, and it, it starts from a place of good intention, which is I, I know that I can probably do that quicker or more effectively than you, or uh, it, you know, I've got the, the tools at my disposal to do that. Um, but over time, as you uh, start to lead through these acts of heroism, which is they ultimately are, dive, making the diving catch as you're saving the day, what happens is you bottleneck because everything just ends up with your turn you take on more and more um and then the reverse of that is people aren't developing they're not learning because you're not giving the opportunity to do that and so they develop learned helplessness for a period of time which ultimately them in this position of of saying anytime that there is a challenge they're faced with no my boss is going to help it so i'll just go and say hey boss here's another you know to your list um and causes you as the the heroic leader to to save the day even more because more and more um items are left at your door and it gets us mediocrical that have coined it awfully bad leader definitely not good leadership um it keeps us very much focused in the weeds at the runway level and and doesn't allow us to elevate our focus towards that stuff that's truly important. I also think about that um, sense of um, uh, heroism and being the hero and the, the rush of endorphins that happens when you're saving the day and you're saving that. And I think there can be a bit of a, an addiction to that happening sometimes in, in our leadership because we're the ones that are, you know, doing all the good work and, and showing up and saving the the day, solving the problem. And we feel good Definitely. about it as well. And so we get into that cycle. hundred uh, percent. And, and um, it, it feeds our, you know, if you teams dependent upon you, then it, it, it feels the moment. Um, and so we do it again and again. And, and also there's a set that um, that's where a lot of believe that they're valid comes from you know i've i've been through this organization know the answers because i do solve problems things and at some point you kind of have to make shift away from recognize and understand doing more harm than good and you're not giving yourself the head to think creative you're robbing your people of that opportunity to develop it comes from is quite often violence in any um aspect of your life and leadership is no different can can be in so the stuff that we're talking about at, at times is the most sexy whereas chasing the most recent your crisis that's because i can actually you know i i can in and save the day and and i know part of the message in the book is that if you if you really want to build a legacy excellent leadership so you've got to do stuff that just a little bit more mundane a little bit more boring yeah i I, um, I've had conversations with leaders that I've been coaching um, over the past year, which uh, certainly I've noticed and they've noticed that they've slept in, slipped into this process, slipped into this sort of mm. um, mediocre cycle of mediocrity. And the thing that I was thinking about, and this is something which um, I'm sure you cover in your programs uh, as well, is once we're changing our approach as leaders, we need to actually talk to people about that because the people around us have been expecting the same behavior. Um, mm -hmm. So once we start to make the change, we actually need to let everyone know that um, what that means for them and bring them on the journey. Yeah. Huge. And it, it, actually there's a 
blind philosophical shift that's happening in, in leadership, which is, you know, we used to um, uphold our leaders who was so sure on the direction that they're going in and would all in line and you know, bushwhacking through the jungle and, and, and just never, never evening for, from our all. Um, and, you know, it goes back into that notion of, of, of heroic leadership and how it's, it's filled into our organizations. But the reality is in today's day and age, um, the world is too complex for any completely sure of anything really. And, and I think that, people and recognize that now and so what we're looking for from our leaders actually is is um, a, a bigger or higher degree of vulnerability that says you know what i don't 100 percent know that this is the direction that we should go in it looks good to me based on my experience and what i've, I've gone through in the past what do you think do you want to go with me on this journey i think it would be awesome i think we could really achieve a lot of good stuff but just being a little bit more vulnerable in that and into your question which is when as leaders we're we are going through a period of growth or development or we're trying something new you know the worst thing that you can do is go back to your team and just start using a whole bunch of jargon or new vocabulary or a new model and your team will look at you and go who are you and what have you done with my manager mm -hmm. um and and i think that 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 tying those two things are going back to your team with that spirit of vulnerability and saying, Hey, just read this book or I've gone through this program. I've got a lot of value out of it. And I actually think it could really help how you and I interact with each other and how we work together. Here are some things that I learned and here are things, some things that I'm going to try with, with you over the next couple of weeks. Will you let me know how it's going for you and, and, and what's working in here and what's not. And when you do that, then you're making your team co-conspirators in the success, in your own success of your own development, which can really help um, push it through and, and maximize the, the the gains that you're getting from it. Uh, I, I think that um, unfortunate cycle of busyness that I think a lot of leaders feel that they're on, that they, what I've experienced is I don't have time to have those conversations. I don't have time to talk through this. We're just going to get on with it. I've got so much to do, but mm -hmm. it's those conversations which change the culture, which change the way they work. And it changes the, the interactions that people are having and I love how the book and your approach is about actually you've got to stop and actually have those conversations because then you'll get the bigger impact about actually what you're mm. trying to achieve. Yeah. And I, and I think part of the reason why leaders are hesitant to quote unquote have those conversations is because whether you're talking about having a coaching conversation or a difficult conversations conversation or a feedback conversation or, um, you know, a new approach to leadership conversation, we sort of feel like we've got to um, store everything down until the next time that we have a big, long one-on-one -on -one where we're together for 45 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever it is. And then we talk through this stuff. And the reality is that's just not a very fluid way to, to do it. Um, there's a, a great book called The Coaching Habit, which was written by a friend of mine called Michael Bungay Stanier. And his perspective is if you can't coach 10 minutes or less then you're never going to coach uh, and 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 that you have to view every interaction that you have with your team as an opportunity to, to be more coach like and i think that extends to all areas of leadership like if you don't have the the um you should look at every interaction that you have as the ability to be building a stronger culture to be to be uh, building your leadership um uh, strengths, your skills, your behaviors, to be investing in the people that are around you so that you don't have to feel like you need to wait for a big, lengthy, meaty meeting to do it. Just every, every interaction is an opportunity to be a more effective leader. So 
if someone's listening to us talking, which I hope they are, <laughs> and I'm sure they are, um, what's your, um, your message then for people that are listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, I'm just got so much on my, on my plate. You know, I'm, I'm juggling so much in my leadership role. I don't actually don't have time for this. What would be your first uh, recommendation for them to consider? I think that um, a big overarching perspective shift that needs to happen is to, to be ruthlessly focused on what you can control and, and don't focus what you can't. And often that statement of I've got too much on my plate, it lives in the world of what you can't control. It, it, people pass it off and they pretend like it lives in the world of what I can control. But but I think it's, it's more... Um, people slide more into that sense of victimhood, which is, well, I'm just so busy. I've got so much going on and, and start to think about, well, you know, what would it look like if you had the time, what would a leader who has the time to do the things that we're talking about, how would they structure their day? What would that look like? And, and just to, to pick one or two things that you can, um, to, to do, to, to slowly make that happen. For me, all of that starts with the overarching mindset shift, um, as all good behavioral shifts tend to do. And, and I talk in a book about a new leadership mantra, which is this. And I think if you just adopt this into the way you lead, it can be really helpful um, to, to start to make the shift. Um, my focus is to help those on my team achieve our shared goals and in doing so to help them become the best version of themselves. And, and the reason that I like that so much is um, the focus is to help our team achieve our shared goals. So if I succeed and you fail, then I fail. If mm. I succeed, a couple of other people in our team succeed and you fail, I fail. It's about collective shared goals um, and, 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 and using that word co-conspirators again, making your team co-conspirators in, in that success. And, and then the second part of it, which I think is just as if not more important, which is to help them become the best version of themselves as they're achieving those goals. Because that means that it, it, it strips out any uh, room or any space for those acts of heroism because you know you're not helping your team develop into the best version of themselves. And, and the greatest thing that you can do in any of this, once you, you adopt that mindset, is just to begin to just pause for a split second before you rush to action on anything. Um, and just think about that mantra. How do I best do that in this moment? How can I help my team achieve their shared goals and become the best version of themselves? Pause, think about that, and then approach whatever it is that's in front of you rather than just rushing to action right away. Yeah, I, was, I actually loved the, the, the mention of having a pause and the power of the pause in the book and mm -hmm. how powerful that is, you know, the the busyness that I'm sure lots of leaders feel I've felt in the past that we have just got to get onto the next thing and got to jump in there. But when we actually stop and, and think, you know, is this the best use of my time? Is it the most valuable um, thing I could be doing? How does this impact the team? Just considering some of those things. And like you're saying, think about what, what's the impact on our shared goals. Um, just has such a great uh, reset of the, the way a leader is going to invest their time in, in that moment and the flow on effect mm -hmm. from that as well. Yeah. And it, it just, it helps to strip out the signal from the noise. You know, I think that in the busyness of, of our world, we've, we just react to all of the noise and, mm. and taking a pause just for a split second to say, 
okay, is this a conversation that we should have now? Or could we deal with this in our next one-on-one? Is this an issue that I need to jump in on? Or can I empower you to go go, uh, fix that? Is this just something that, you know, is going to subside by the end of the day and we actually don't need to do anything about it or, or not? Just taking that moment and evaluating what's in front of you and what the appropriate reaction is to, to achieve that overarching mantra, it can be huge. And it, 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 funny enough, you would think that taking a pause would take time away from you. But what it does is it, it gives you much more focused time on the things that are true to spend on the things that are truly important rather than getting stuck in what, what you deem to be urgent. The other part that I love that is an underlying sort of um, approach through all of this is it's making the covert overt. I think mm-hmm. so often in, in life and in business, there's lots of assumptions that are just running and we think people know or um, understand that having these conversations, having these pauses brings all that to the surface and just makes it clear and everyone's on the, on the same page. Uh-huh. And, and I think it's hugely important. Um, we overestimate the ability an individual or a group to have, well, we overestimate the ability of a group to have a discussion and come to a conclusion and uh, walk out completely aligned on what that conclusion was. And again, back to that whole notion of, well, we just got to keep moving. The problem is that you, you, you know, a typical example happens, a, a team has an issue that they need to solve. They get a bunch of people into a room, they have a discussion, they agree what they're going to go do. And the leader thinks that everyone's aligned and they're going to go start implementing. But everybody in that room has, has got a slight nuanced understanding of what it was that was just agreed and what their role in it is. And so as a result, there's a whole bunch of slightly different interpretations on how we're going to solve this problem. And if you take a pause right at that moment, to, and I love that phrase, make the covert overt. So just getting a shared, getting everybody to share their understanding of what we just agreed and their role in it. It'll take you two to three minutes, but it'll save you all the time in the world whenever you go to implement. And I think that's part of a job of a leader today is taking the time to ensure that everybody in the room understands what all of the positions are in the room, that we don't have a a nuanced understanding whenever we go out the door. Mm -hmm. I actually remember years ago, I was in a meeting and a leader came in and talked a whole about a whole range of things and then left and we looked at each other and we said, well, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> we just went back right. to our jobs. Yeah. Or, or even just, this happens all the time, uh, you know, a group will leave the room and go, that was a great meeting. You know, we got some really good progress done. What, what did we actually agree on? Like, what are we going to do? And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's just hilarious to just, well, it, it would be funny if it wasn't, um, uh, such a waste of time to then have to come back together again and, and actually say, okay, what did we agree and what are you going to do and when are you going to do it by and how will we know if you've, you've achieved and what do you need from us to support you in your success? Like just those four questions will save you all the time in the world on, in, on implementation. Um, you know, slowing down your decision-making process just a, a hair can really accelerate the implementation side of it because you do have true alignment at that point. And for everybody listening at the back of the self-evolved leader book, uh, Dave has provided some guides, some frameworks for you to actually look very practically at how your meetings are structured. What's their purpose? What's their frequency? Having a look at those to make those more effective and mate, I love how you've done that. 
Yeah, thanks. It's, it's a, basically a sum total of a lot of the work that I've done with leadership teams over the last 15 years and, and trying to iron out um, some of the issues and obstacles that I see and uh, what I wanted to do. You know, it's funny, in, in, in our sphere, a lot of times somebody will write a book and then 12 months later, they'll write the field guide or the workbook, you know, companion. And I mean, to me, that's just, it's a nice marketing ploy, but I wanted to, get, I wanted to give the readers everything so that they truly can implement what I'm talking about um, and, and put it into practice. So what's your hope for the book? Um, my hope is that it'll have impact. Um, and by that, I mean that when somebody picks it up, I want them to just have two or three really clear things that they're going to go put into place and, and, um, and implement it. Um, and I can do that on whatever scale or level you know, I, I, I know that I'll have succeeded and I'm already starting to hear people uh, write in either on their Amazon reviews or, or send me an email to say, Hey, I really found this bit valuable and I've been able to put it into it right away. And um, my response is always, that's awesome. Like go do that for the next six months or three months and return to the book because then there'll be another golden nugget in there for you to take away. Um, I really do think that it, it, if people refer to it again and again over time, it will take them on a journey that they can just continue to grow and, and evolve. Yeah, and I think you raise a really good point there, which is quite often people are looking for what's the perfect solution and I want to wait till I've got that to implement something. And mm -hmm. in leadership and in life, let's just try something. Let's just start something and review it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's um, don't let um perfection become the enemy of progress you've you just put something out there see how it works evaluate you know ask people around you what didn't and what should we do differently and again just goes back touches on a lot of those themes we've been talking about you've got to have the vulnerability to, to do that you've got to have openness and transparency with your people and you've got a high level got to have a high level of trust with them that they're going to you know take part with which it was intended Yes, mate. Totally agree. This has been so um, valuable uh, to, to chat and to talk through this. I feel like um, you and I have got a lot in common in the work we've been doing and the people we work with and, and our line of thinking. And when I was reading the book, I just thought, yep, I, I understand that. I get that. Um, I can see how leaders um, would get so much value from um, the practicalities that you bring in the book. So again, uh, well done on the launch of the book this year. Thank you very much. And I think to that, you know, at the end, truth is truth is truth, right? And, and so what you're seeing and experiencing over in your part of the world, um, what I'm seeing and experiencing here, you know, I think there, there is just an underlying truth of the, of the overarching shift and transformation that we're trying to our leaders develop and, and get to. And, you know, I, I kept going back to this thought that we know what, what came before us doesn't work anymore we're not a hundred percent sure what the future looks like in terms of leadership but we know we've got to shift our leaders at least some way along that path and that spectrum and and so my hope and goal is that the self-evolved leader will will help um help leaders do that yeah yeah so i also want to ask dave um what does 2020 look like for you uh so i'm um, kind of smack 
dab in the middle of promoting the book and I'll continue to do that for the next couple of weeks um, through various podcasts like this and, and other bits and pieces, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then for me, just to continue the work that I do with my wonderful clients, uh, you know, one of the, the things that I, I feel very grateful for is I get the opportunity to work with leadership teams um, and see firsthand how all of this stuff comes together and the impact that it has. And so I'll, I'll continue to do that over the next number of years and I'll be sorry, the next number of months. And um, I got married last year, as I said, in the middle of writing the book. And that meant that we weren't able to take a lengthy honeymoon. So hopefully at some point towards the back end of the year, we'll do, to do that. Fantastic. I mean, I, I think that should be one of the big rocks that get in the calendar before it's too late. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Yes. Um, so I uh, have loved talking to you about the book, but also just to help people understand in the work that you do, um, what else can they do with you? What's the type of work um, around self-evolved leader? Sure. So when I work with a, a leadership team, I, I, I typically start a, a process where um, we'll come in, we'll do a, a diagnostic on the strength of the leaders, the leaders in the room and the leadership team as a, as a whole. And we'll take a look at how far along the team is towards making the shift towards uh, becoming a self-evolved leader. And there's usually then one of three camps that we, that we need to focus on. Either we, we need to, to spend some time with that team, helping them craft a compelling vision for where they want to go and, and what that means uh, for their team and their organization, or they need to get better at building that implementation rhythm, which is when do we meet, um, for how long, what do we talk about, what do we review, how do we bring clarity to our decision making? Uh, and then the third aspect is how, how do we develop the set of disciplines that we as a team need in order to navigate that process? And um, it starts with a one, one and a half day session. Um, and I, I do those in house. I also do them uh, publicly uh, twice a year, and um, you can find out the details of all of them if you go to selfevolvedleader.com. Um, there's a bunch of information on the public workshop on the in house workshops. Thank you, uh, Dave, so much for talking through that. I love that it's a process. I think too often people think uh, their leadership or their team is in a place, and it's like, oh, let's go and tick the box. We're done. Um, right. And uh, it's the clients I love working with where it's actually uh, a reality around if we're going to make some changes, we're going to develop as leaders or change our team culture. There's a process. There's a, a series of things we need to do to get there because we didn't get here overnight and where we're going is going to take longer than just ticking a box. That's for sure. Uh, absolutely. And and as you know, that the, the, that you face as a business and as you're in a growing business, you know, they, over time and there are different challenges that you need to face and you know as Marshall Oldsmith what got you here won't get you there and, and I think the, the saddest thing that you can see is a leader or a leadership team who um, have had a period of past success and just rely on that they're just so comfortable with that and they say hey we're, we're done we don't need to continue to grow and, and, and evolve and um, the most exciting group to work with is a, is a leadership team that says hey we know that there's always room to to grow and to better ourselves yeah totally great totally great now i want to ask a couple of last questions um dave first thing is tell me a bit about something you like to do that's not to do with anything we've been talking about i'm putting the vulnerability spotlight on you sure um so two uh, things that i love to do one is uh, cook i cook a lot um, whenever I can at home uh, with my wife, we both love cooking um, and uh, particularly like um, 
just trying to think of something imaginative that I want to um, make and then go and find a bunch of different recipes and kind of bring it together into one. Um, I also play the guitar, just learned to play the drums. Um, so that's kind of interesting and fun. Fantastic. Um, I've been learning the drums for some time and uh, I would unfortunately admit I don't practice enough. <laughs> yeah, well, album, isn't it? It's interesting. I think that that one of the key things that is really going to help leaders as we continue to evolve as a as a species and and the workplace changes is we've got to get really good at learning how to learn um, and and being able to take that learning process from one uh, part of our life and apply it to another. Um, so you know, learning how to play the drums. Okay, well, how do we take that and then apply it to learning how to surf or learning how to be a better leader or um, learning how to be a better um, parent? At the end of the day, it all comes down to a, a couple of key characteristics. One of which is right, and no matter what you're doing, if you want to get better at it, you want to master it, you get that practicing. Um, and and I think it's 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 for me the whole reason why I'm kind of going through some of these things that I'm I'm trying to learn is just to get a better sense of of, of what that means and how I take the process and apply it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think with the access to so much information at our fingertips and just jumping to get the answers, uh, whether it's Google or whatever else it is, that uh, ability to learn and um, how we learn is is getting lost. So I think tapping back into that and our own preferences and styles of learning and understanding mm -hmm. that and, and doing the work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, my other last question, Dave. So this is the Inspired Energy podcast. I just want to check your definition of inspired energy. What would you say that is? Um, I would say that inspired energy is committing to make the most of what you have um, in front of you every single day. So just making that choice to own um, those things that you can control and not worry about those things that you can't. I think for me, that would be inspired energy. And for our listeners, uh, I've just thrown Dave a curveball on this one. So you've done awesome answering that one on the spot, my friend. <laughs> now Thank you I <laughs> Thank you. Now, um, as you mentioned earlier, website there, selfevolvedleader.com has lots of great information about the book, about you, about your programs. So if anything you want to check that out, go there. Books also available um, in lots of bookstores and online, of course, you can buy it. Yep. Um, Dave, it's been fantastic talking to you today. Really appreciate the chance just to talk about something we are both passionate about around leadership and again, um, congratulations on a fantastic book that is a, a really valuable, much needed resource for leaders. Thank you so much, Murray. It's always nice to talk to a kindred spirit and um, really appreciate the chat. Yeah, thanks, Dave. And now, if anyone, if you've got anything from today's podcast, please don't hesitate to share that online. Um, make sure you tag Dave and myself and share that and go and check out the Self Evolved Leader. And have a great day.